Welcome to Hope-Filled Conversations, where we explore the truths and hope found in God's Word. Welcome to Hope-Filled Conversations. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Jody. We are thrilled that you are with us once again. We have been enjoying this series yeah. on Thessalonians. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention to you guys that I just discovered, I didn't even know we had I this opportunity. I didn't know this. Yep. <laughs> it's so cool and it's so fun. And we want to invite you, please at least try. Yeah. Um, what, what, what I'm getting to is that... In the show notes, there is now a link in the show notes that you can leave us actually a voice recording, Mm -hmm. uh, a message to us. And that message may or may not, just might make it on one of our future episodes. Only if it's really, really nice. Yeah. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if if you've got some kind of um, insight to uh, where we're going in Thessalonians, uh, if um, God has used uh, the message of his word through this platform, on the podcast to really um, strengthen your faith or your knowledge and understanding of the word. We'd love to hear that. Anything, anything like that. We love to imagine y'all sitting at home studying for Thessalonians with us. So that's a great way. I don't know that anybody is, but we like to imagine that. I believe that they are, know, and, and we love that. Click my heel three times. <laughs> three years. No, I, I know that some of you actually are. But that's are. just a really us. good way to yeah. join in the community, mm-hmm. kind of, and yeah, know that we're fun. all studying it together. Yeah, so, so uh, once you click on that, you uh, allow it to have access to your microphone on your, if you're using it on your phone. And uh, you after you enter some information, it says create an account to send your voice message. And, and what that's talking about is uh, Anchor, and that's where, um, you know, where we actually have our podcast hosted, mm-hmm. but then it gets launched into all of the other ones like Spotify, Amazon, mm-hmm. um, Apple, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Google, all those things. Yeah. And so, um, so it's free mm-hmm. uh, to do that. So if you're, if you're not, um, you're not that comfortable with technology. I just wanted to give you that fair, fair warning that it's going to take you through those steps, and it's okay. Don't be scared yeah. to, because we really want to hear from you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. so fun. Yes, yes. So we're going to dive into chapter two. Well, mm-hmm. we're the end of chapter two into chapter three today, right. talking about loving the church God loves, and I I love this topic. I like that what we're going to consider today. I think it's so good. Yeah, so and, relevant. And so right before we uh, read the passage yeah. to you, I want to just kind of um, point out in our last episode, we at the end uh, toward toward the end, we touched on God's vision for the church, and then we also gave a snapshot of God's mission of the church. And right before we go into what Paul is talking about right here, I wanted to talk about um, what is the purpose of the church and why does it exist? We, um, the beautiful thing is that we get to learn that answer from a couple of our biblical writers in the word itself. And uh, I'm gonna reference just quickly Paul and Peter. And uh, Paul is writing to the uh, Ephesians about how marriage is like Christ in the church. And it's one of the references to this. And it's Ephesians 5, 15 through 27. It reads, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. I love that. With the water of the word. Uh, that he might present to himself the church. In all her glory, having not spot or wrinkle or any such thing, 
but that she would be holy and blameless. Mm -hmm. And then again, Paul is addressing the Philippian church and uses similar words in Philippians 2, 14 and 15. Do all things uh, without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless. You hear that word blameless and innocent children of God without blemish. We heard that again in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast the word of life. And then thirdly, uh, from Peter, Peter describes the church this way as he's addressing Christ followers here. He writes, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you uh, once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. And uh, as we read First Thessalonians, it's clear that Paul loves Jesus and loves the Thessalonian church. And he recognizes the important role uh, and purpose God has for them to advance the gospel. Yeah. And God chooses to use the church yeah. to do that. And so there's just a there is a. Uh, you know, just the fact that uh, God has a great purpose for the church. And yeah. and so as we uh, begin reading that passage, just kind of wanted to put that as a foundation in mind um, about, um, I guess, for me, it helped me just kind of refocus on why was Paul so passionate yeah. about the people and, and, yeah. and, and just re- remembering the um, structure uh, around that is is uh, it's about the church the people mm-hmm. yeah. there and the church yeah. the church and the people you know hand yeah. in hand there so i think it's so important to remember as we study first thessalonians that the church was new it it was right. new jesus had come and lived and died and rose again and then he ascended to heaven and then god used his disciples the apostles to build the church to spread the gospel and um and so paul is really teaching what the church should look like you know these believers in thessalonica they're you know they're believers they're a body of believers but he's teaching them what the church is what god's plan for the church is and so i think as we study throughout it it's so good to go back to those basics and know this is what god wants for our church you know how does our church look how do i look as a believer within the body of believers you know yeah. such a good it's a I good, think, framework good thing to remember mm-hmm. yeah yeah so let's dive in yes, you ready okay all right i'm starting in um first thessalonians 2 17 i'm going to read through um three verse let's see which one verse six five yeah verse five okay <laughs> But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face, because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again. But Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or our joy or a crown of boasting before the Lord at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could not bear it, no, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in the faith, that no one be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we were destined for this. But when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it had come to pass. Just as you know, for this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and I just want to pause for 
Mm-hmm. Real quick, I love the picture here that Paul's actually writing after he sent Timothy to go to them, and that was mm-hmm. a long journey. Mm-hmm. Got uh, a report on them, and then got b- and went back to Paul. Mm-hmm. And so after Paul's receiving that report, now he's actually writing to them, and so this letter's got to get back to them. I, and I, I just mm-hmm. love love that uh, mm-hmm. concept. So I am picking up in verse uh, six here. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love and that you have always uh, that you always think kindly of us longing to see us just as we also long to see you for this reason brethren in all our distress and affliction we were comforted about about you through your faith for now we really live (laughs) that's cool Mm -hmm. if you stand firm in the lord for what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account as we night and day keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people just as we also do for you so that he may establish your hearts without blame and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints and that end right there just remember he's writing them one of the uh, big things is that he wants to remind them jesus is coming back jesus is coming back and it takes us back right at the end there yeah so you'll remember um a few weeks ago we talked about paul having to leave thessalonica for his own safety Mm -hmm. and so he was just longing to be back with them and that's why he's talking about um why he sent Timothy, you know, he was so concerned that the tempter would have tempted these Thessalonican believers and that the, the church would be no more. But when he got news that they were doing well from Timothy, it just was such an encouragement to Paul that his work and his preaching had not been in vain, but they had held on to the gospel and were growing and learning. And, you know, he talks about um, in verse 10 about supplying what's lacking in their faith. And in one of my footnotes in my Bible, it was talking about how, you know, because Paul had to leave so hurriedly that he mm-hmm. was not finished teaching them the foundations of the faith yet, those those important theological truths. And that's why he talks so much about the second coming of Christ, because that was kind of the part that he might have not been able to teach them in that's person. Great insight, yeah, Karen. I thought that I was so that. encouraging that and interesting yeah, as we good. study. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was neat to consider. But then you really just see Paul's pastoral heart, mm-hmm. you know, in that prayer at the end that, you know, he's praying for um, the believers. And this is what we should pray for our church as well, to increase and abound in love for one another, Mm -hmm. to be established in holiness, to grow in our relationships with the Lord and with each other, and then ultimately being ready for Christ's return. And that should be our aim and our focus as we're as we're in the church living among believers who are sinful and their messy situations and all that stuff, we should be striving for unity, for love, for holiness um, as the church as a whole working together. Um, I love that picture of working together for mm-hmm. each other's holiness, you know, striving together for unity. Um, that's just a perfect way to love the Love the church the way God loves the church, you know. Yeah, you know? yeah. And and when we were um, reading this and, and thinking mm-hmm. about it, uh, I considered how much we can actually, um, our listeners can relate to Paul's um, mm-hmm. that deep desire, that emotion mm-hmm. of that separation from somebody, uh, people that he loves so mm-hmm. dearly, because mm-hmm. um, so many of us. Um, 
perhaps I've never really experienced that until 2020 to the depth mm. perhaps that we can now relate more to Paul because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not just because the pandemic, and I know that we, you know, hear that so often, reference it, but it's about that separation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um Outside of that, there, you know, somebody comes down with the illness and they're not able to travel or um, that somebody has um, connected their hearts and their lives and poured their lives out into a church across the seas. And I've been banned now in that country. Mm-hmm. It's just that that deep, deep longing to be with one another. And and that's the thing about when we're reading the scriptures or reading about Paul you there's some things that uh, we can bridge over and go you know in a in a different culture a different time and in life there is still that relatability that we can connect where that we can uh, sense and feel god's word coming alive uh in in our own lives and Mm -hmm. and just going i get you paul yeah yeah (laughs) i get you paul that's right As we've been studying, um, we've been using the Christ-Centered Exposition Commentary, and I loved this layout of um, just explaining a little bit about what the church is. And um, within this this commentary, they just explained it so well. It says, Mm -hmm. the church walks together, sharing in our needs and concerns. The church sacrifices together. Mm -hmm. We sacrifice our plans, our comforts for each other and for others outside of the church. We suffer together, holding and picking each other up. And then we pray together and for each other. And I loved those statements because that is a summary of what the church is supposed to look like. Right. You know, we're supposed to be that that family of believers mm-hmm. that's walking together, that sacrifices together, that pulls each other along, you know, lifts each other up or encourages one another, holding each other up, and then praying together and for each other. And we'll talk more about that, but that is a primary way of loving the church that God loves is praying for one another. Yeah. And, and yeah, so um, I, I love what you just shared because, two, um, the three, the couple questions that we want to yeah. cover – um, I think that's a great foundation to set because yeah. as we just we're about to talk about, um, if you're ready, yeah. um, how does Satan seek to destroy the church, mm-hmm. uh, the, the work of the church? And I think it's important to really put that positive aspect there first and just remember because sometimes we can have so much positive, but there'd be one negative and we get consumed with the negative. Yeah. Uh, like what I'm about to read, actually, <laughs> from the CCE. Yeah. Um, uh, just, just some of the insight and it's, and I think when I read it, that many of us are going to go, Oh, I feel that one. I know that, that, you know, I've experienced that. Um, but at the end of the the discussion here, uh, hang in there because there's good news. Yeah. You know, um, I wanted to share what was written here. It says, as James McDonald suggests, many Christians are simply discouraged and frustrated by their typical church experience. He writes, people are deeply dissatisfied with infighting, backbiting, heartbreaking, frustrating church as it exists in the communities and long to stop attending church out of obligation. Too many return to their cars each week unsatisfied, even frustrated or grieved by their church experience, only to vote with their feet by doing something different the next weekend. Church shopping quickly becomes just shopping and soon after just sleeping in. Even the most optimistic, persistent churchgoers are forced to agree that we are far from what Jesus uh, had in mind. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Mm. You know, um, there's so much truth in 
yeah, for that that's <laughs> statement right. right there. That's so that that is um, one of the ways, or many ways that. Satan uh, works to destroy the work of the church, and and it's just, you know, summed up in that way. Absolutely. You know, basically, Satan's plan is to destroy everything that I listed before about Mm -hmm. walking together, sacrificing together, suffering together, and praying together. And so we have to be alert and on guard in this, um, you know, this disunity within our churches. And so, you know, um, disunity uh, uh, just talking, gossiping can be so destructive. It's mm-hmm. just a disease that can destroy. And, you know, I was thinking, I love how our church at Inglewood has thought about that told too. each uh-huh. new member uh-huh. almost 20, 20 years, right. 20 or more years, that if they hear anything unkind or um, ununified, to just simply say, we don't talk like that at Inglewood. I love that so much. I love that too, because <laughs> it just really sums up that family mentality that mm-hmm. of unity, that challenge. And it, it's that picture of carrying each other along. Right. You know, if one stumbles, we will stumble mm-hmm. because we're sinful. <laughs> we will stumble. Yes. But if one stumbles, one will remind us. We don't talk like that at Inglewood. We're unified. We love each other. And it just, it gives um, that guard against Satan's, you know, ploy to destroy the church, which he will use words. I feel like words are uh, just a, yes. a really destructive thing. Um well, from the but, beginning yeah. with uh, him twisting God's word with yeah. Adam and Eve. I mean, Absolutely. it's not, he doesn't have anything new in his playbook, no. y'all. I mean, you know, he's got <laughs> the, the same, same plays. <laughs> he yeah. just rips the pages out and uh, replaces them on occasion yeah. and gets you by surprise um, yep. sometimes. And you would think after um, walking with the Lord and uh, over time, you know, every single play, but sometimes he just, right. he just, um, he just finds the right time. But, mm-hmm. you know, those, those steps just kind of reinforce what you're talking about too of, of um uh the how to counter yeah. all of his things is really is is about love because that is the greatest commandment and and also investing in the body yeah you know be a part and have right. have a commitment um i just kind of phrased it this way commit with a surrendered ownership and yeah what i mean by that is own your place in the church but own it open-handed for god to grow you shape you uh, and to you, yield and with your heart yielded to still what he wants to do with it. Mm-hmm. I, and I use the ownership cautiously because there are some people that take uh, that commitment and that ownership of, oh, it's me, it's mine, I roll it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm the one that um, paid money for those bricks that go up on those walls. <laughs> and yeah. I built that fellowship. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. sorry, y'all, if that was you. No, so, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but here, I mean, you know, yep. ownership, who owns the church? Jesus Christ owns yeah, the church. Yeah. No, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, that's why I use that. And I wanted to kind of unravel that a little bit and commit with a surrendered yeah. ownership. Yeah. But have ownership in the church that you are in mm-hmm. and on your part. Yes. As the hand or the foot, yeah. or, you know, the arm. I think that's so important because mm-hmm. we can't be spectators at the church and oh, expect to be yes. to be part of the family if we're not mm-hmm. getting involved. And that might be if you're an introvert or if you're just uncomfortable, it might be putting yourself out there a little bit. But that is God's plan for us to be connected to one another. And hey, so there's places to serve for introverts. There are, but it might feel uncomfortable <laughs> at first is all I'm saying. Right, but right. if you're you can't be a spectator and then expect to receive like all this, you know, sharing mm-hmm. in one another's needs and concerns if people don't know you or are not connected with That's you. Right. So That's don't right. miss out on the beauty of of being a part of a body of believers, not just attending. But being an intimate part, you know, join a connect group, get involved, get to know people. And 
and just really become brothers and sisters in Christ as mm-hmm. as God intended it to be. Right, right. Yeah. And and I'm just prompted to say, hey, if you're struggling with this right now, it's like, yeah, I want to. Yeah. Well, I would encourage you. Um, you can't change anyone, but you can change yourself, right? Yeah. We take um, personal ownership of ourselves yeah. and and go back to what I don't know if it was. I think it was last episode where, you know, God searches and revealed us if there's any iniquity within Absolutely. our hearts yep. and, and do an inward assessment um, yeah. before you point frank finger Ooh. your finger at anyone. Yeah. Um, they did this or they didn't do this or uh, they acted in a different way than I think they should have. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's perfect except <laughs> our Jesus, our yeah. Lord and our Savior. Yeah. So. Um, in love, I just, I, yeah. in love, love, in love, yes. y'all, I mean that in love, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, yes. I, really, I really do, I just realized how hard and prophetic no, that was coming no. across, I, was, ah! so I really just, it's it's what the Lord would want you to yeah. do, yeah. Um, because he doesn't want any hindrance, so yeah. I'm going to stop, um, put my shovel no. down, and yeah. let's go to the second I know, because I think it goes right that. into it, when we're talking about loving one another, yes. The best way to love one another is through prayer. And so the yes. other question we want to consider mm-hmm. is how should Christians pray for one another? And what are the p- petitions that you can make for one another? Um, the commentary suggests four, and yeah. I just really I really yeah, liked them. Um, okay, so first of all, before we talk about the four, we should have a genuine concern for one another, mm-hmm. not just a surface level, level right. concern. And that genuine concern will drive us to prayer. Mm-hmm. I think that's a natural tendency as a believer that if you have a genuine concern and and once you've met, now this is not ignoring physical or practical needs of people. I think that's important to, mm-hmm. to meet those practical needs if we can and physical needs um, of our brothers and sisters in Christ. But prayer should be viewed as the highest priority. Yes. Um, and so the four ways that we can be praying for our church family is for spiritual gr- growth, open doors, increasing love, and a worthy walk. And I love those. I, we can't break them all down, but I think they're just such good prayer prompts for us. And this is, as you know a person, you can tweak it to fit their their situation, but pray for their spiritual growth. Pray for open doors for them to share the gospel and open doors for ministry for them. Um, pray for increasing love amongst the body of believers. And then pray that each one of our members can have a worthy walk, or is walking worthy of the Lord that's called them into his kingdom. So I think that's yeah. a great, great place to, to start. That's perfect. <laughs> and and so we want to leave you guys with yeah. a personal reflection uh, question that we're not going to answer or dive into. We just want you to just kind of ponder it and answer it yourself. Um, or you can leave us a voice message. Uh, with oh, your that answer. would be fun. That would be so fun. Yeah. Uh, so what does Paul teach you about prayer in this passage? And then how would your spiritual health benefit from um, modeling your prayer life after Paul's. Yeah. So, isn't that good? It can be transformational. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, if you, I'll close yeah. this in prayer, um, just referencing those for four prayer points. Uh, Father God, I just want to lift up uh, our friends uh, and ourselves, even Lord, right now. And we just we ask um, for you to use your message that you are giving us through First uh, Thessalonians. Uh, spiritual growth, Lord, that we would uh, not um, grow lazy uh, and and just be spoon fed, but rather be willing to spiritually grow um, by digging into the word ourselves, Lord. And, and I pray for open doors to share the gospel and be the light that there would be 
this would be done with confidence in you and boldness and and that um, there would be um, uh, a peace about it and in the opportunity and that we would shun fear because there's no fear uh, in you father and I pray for an increasing love for one another and and Lord I pray that um, we walk uh, uh, with one another as as worthy uh, living for you blameless and holy before you father god and I just pray that we would be iron that sharpens iron and um, stop living for ourselves and begin living for you like we never have before lord so uh, we ask that you empower us all to accomplish these things lord in your name amen amen Thank you for joining us today on Hope Filled Conversations. If today's episode was helpful to you, we hope you will subscribe, share it with a friend, and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to contact Jody or Carolyn, email them at hfc at eaglewoodbaptist.com. 